This is a conspiracy. That's what this is. One big damn conspiracy! And everyone's in on it! I know what's going on. Did IQs just drop sharply while I was away? person is smart. People are dumb, panicky, dangerous animals, and you know it. Did you see the memo about this? Just when I think you couldn't possibly be any dumber, you go and do something like this. Don't you see what this means? Welcome to episode 44 of your Missing the Point podcast, where we discuss the weird, the wonderful, and the damn right bizarre aspects of life, as we have conversations with people from all over the world. Today, I'm joined by a woman who spent her personal and professional career caring for others. She's a nurse, mother, and ex-member of the Mormon Church. Let us welcome Heidi Love, host of the Unfiltered Rise podcast. Welcome, Heidi. Hi, how are you doing? I am great. Um, Been waiting to have this podcast for a little while now, since you're on the Christian conspiracy coalition conspiracy. and i really yes. wanted to dive into the mormon stuff because like we mentioned briefly in that episode the mormon church does exist within australia but it isn't as big or as uh open as what you would see in the united states it's still quite secretive in australia and there's not too mm. many around especially in my regional part of australia and my only experience okay. with mormons has ever been the door knockers. So when they knock on your door and try to <laughs> the talk door to you knockers. about the word. Yes, uh, the missionaries. The yes. Mission- and then the very small aspects you get through uh, entertainment and media, which is ironically very, very astute and straight to the point of what it's about. Things like right. South Park, uh, Family Guy. Uh, I love South Park. Yeah, They seem to... <laughs> They show the nuggets of truth in it and they present it in a way you go, oh, that can't be real. And then you research it yourself no, and you go, real. well, that is real. There you go. It is real. Yes. Then you get a Mormon on your show that goes, yes, South Park is real. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the church made it so that we couldn't access it anymore on YouTube. Pretty much. You have to pay for that episode now. <laughs> oh, my God. They're not the richest church for nothing. They use their money for, you know, South Park episodes, apparently. I don't know. <laughs> Unreal. I have no proof. I have no proof, but that's one of the few ones you cannot get unless you pay for it. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Let's go let's go straight to the start. Let's get a bit of a, a brief rundown, a story about you, who you are, where it all began, and were you born yeah. into the church? Is this this is this how it all happened? So I have the weirdest um Mormon story because most Mormons are like my husband, he grew up in it, his family's great, Beaver Cleaver, they're wonderful people. My family, not so much like that. My family did grow up in Utah. They did have Mormon roots. They are Mormon settlers, but somewhere along there, there was people falling off a wagon of Mormonism and different things. So my family, half of them were like crazy bikers that didn't go to church at all. And the other half was like my grandma who was pious as anything. And I lived with her. So I ended up living with her by the time I was about 12. And my parents had raised me in it via neighbors because they were what you call a Jack Mormon. Jack Mormons only go to church like Easter, Christmas, whatever. Kind of like, like a Protestant. Catholics do that. 
Yeah. Yeah. Whenever it's important, maybe the baby's blessed, there's a baptism, something like that, you know? Um, so my parents really weren't involved. They drank a lot. They did whatever. My stepdad was terrible. He beat us not because he was Mormon. I've heard people say crazy stuff about Mormons. Like, yeah, they, they beat me and they beat their wives. And no, no, no. Your dad was just an ass. You know, my dad was an ass. That's fine. But it had nothing to do with him being a Mormon. You know, he's my stepdad. And so I, like I said, they were pretty much trying to kill each other till I was like 12. And then my grandma was like, that's enough. Give me the kid <laughs> walk away. And so I ended up with her and she was very staunch in the belief. Like she had me at church all the time. She was really, you know, putting it in my brain. Like you got to go to the temple, 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 temple. You want to get married in the temple and find you a good husband, blah, blah, blah. Cause look at what happens if you don't like, it was great. Cause you know, she could just point at my mom and go, don't do that. <laughs> And so I was like, yeah, okay, I got it. And in the time you really feel like before the temple, I really feel like the church is really pretty um, docile. It's loving. It's got Sunday school. It's all these things. It's, it's pretty good. You know, Um, I didn't feel other than indoctrinated. It wasn't like bad, bad or anything. And then you get to the point where you go to the temple. That's that's the game changer. When you either become a door knocker, <laughs> a missionary, that happens at 18, or you get married, you get to go through the temple. So when you do that, you have to go through and take out your temple rites. And that's where things pretty much fall off the rails. And that was where I sat back and went, what are we doing? Why are we doing this? And you still do it. It's it's such a strange phenomenon that you literally just kind of go, well, my grandma's here. My great grandma's here. They're all doing it. I'm going to do it too, you know, and you do. So I did for a long time. I did until I was 34 years old. I stayed in the church. I did all the things. I was pretty miserable to be honest. I, I, I was confused a lot. Like, why are we doing this? What does this mean? What are we doing? And you don't get answers. You just get like, you'll get used to it. That's their favorite thing to say. Oh, that's like really brief synopsis. That's very small. <laughs> that's it's, It seems to be on track with what I know about it. Now, there yes. is another another side of Mormonism that we get exposed to through entertainment, and that is Bill Paxton's TV series called Big Love. Oh, yeah. Yes, yes. So, the FLDS. Yes. So multiple wives. Um, <laughs> yes. So in my branch of the church, that wasn't really a thing because I was mainstream. But the FLDS are very alive and well. And actually, um, my sister married an ex-FLDS member. And so, um, like, we've been pretty exposed to it because Southern Utah is kind of a hub for them. And they live kind of just over the Arizona border. It's really close to Southern Utah. And a lot of them come from that area. And so they are very prevalent in St. George, Utah, where a lot of us grew up. And so... I would visit because I didn't live with my dad, but my sister grew up down in that area and she did actually marry one that had come out of that. He's actually related to Warren Jeffs. I'm going to be uh, interviewing him. Actually, he got out. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. And then there is the reorganized church, which doesn't get talked about as much, but it's more mainstream in like Midwest, Ohio, New York, that kind of thing. Because as soon as Joseph Smith died, 
his wife went, that whole polygamy thing. Yeah, that wasn't a thing. <laughs> and she's like, did you hear me, son? You're going to go fix it. And that's what her sons did. So Joseph Smith's sons actually went through that branch of the church, made their own way, whereas Brigham Young took over for the mainstream LDS and then multiple uh, big love type families. There's the FLDS. They're really st like strict, staunch. They're the Warren Jeffs clan. And they uh, kind of dress like Little House on the Prairie, like Amish people type stuff. They live off really off grid and you don't talk to them um, because they won't talk to you. Um, not, they're not, they're not supposed to talk to people outside of their sect. It's not really, um, yeah. Like if you drove into their town, you went there. Cause I've been there. Colorado city, um, is one of them. And I've been there. Their sheriff will follow you. They have their own sheriff. They have their own police force and they will help escort you out. <laughs> so you don't really do that. Yeah. And then there's other sects that you wouldn't even know. Like those ones stand out, but there's other ones that look perfectly normal other than they don't cut their hair because their hair is their crowning glory on the women. They just put it up and um, they wear sleeves down all the way down to their wrists and then stuff down to their ankles, but it can look as normal as the shirt I have on. And you wouldn't know other than they just look kind of like more plain less, no makeup, none of that, but they don't look like the other ones do. So sometimes you have to watch it in Utah. So <laughs> you might gonna, be... Now this is going to sound really silly and I'm still <clears throat> grappling my head around the multiple denominations, which claim to be a part of Christianity or in Christianity. There's a group called Seventh-day Adventists, which on within Australia seem to live the very much the, the simple lifestyle, very almost... Um, back to basics, no technology, that type of a deal, or as little technology yeah. as possible. Is that part of the, the Mormon faith or is that its own separate, separate part? Only, only the FLDS that are active in the Warren Jeffs clan, I would say. I don't know that they don't use electricity because they do use cars and all that stuff, but they are more basic for sure. They are very, they keep their they dress a very certain kind of way, very, like I say, little house on the prairie, like they, you can spot them from a mile. Like you, you definitely know, like, you're like, whoa, what was, why are they dressed like that? I mean, you will turn your head and look. Whereas some of the other reorganized ones that are still polygamous sex, you would never know. Like the, like my husband worked now, he's not my husband anymore, but I did lose my husband to a polygamist. <laughs> okay. So we lived in Cedar city, which like I said, it's Southern Utah. So there's all these little sex and she was the secretary and she was one of those ones that look basically normal, but like plain, more plain. Um, I just thought she was a plain, didn't like a lot of makeup or whatever, you know, like, I don't know. Well, come to find out they were having an affair. That's not supposed to happen. She was already married. They're never supposed to cheat on their husband. The husband can do whatever he wants. That's not a thing the other way around. Um, and so, yeah, my husband ended up leaving our marriage for that woman. So <laughs> I laugh now because it's been a long time and he was a hot mess later. So I was like, maybe that was a blessing, <laughs> but yeah, I got two beautiful girls out of it. They're very old now. They're 24 and let's see, she's just barely turned 24 and 20, see, 27. So, so we can do is take the good baby. with the bad, can't you? 
Yeah. And so it is interesting. Sometimes you'll run into it like that where you have no idea. And I mean, that can happen a lot in Utah, but the mainstream church is, is the church that is most often referenced unless you're talking about child abuse or something. And Warren Jeffs is still in prison for child abuse of a minor. So, um, and that sect actually is still ran by Warren Jeffs, even though he is in prison and yeah, nothing has changed. He runs it from prison. So that is how far the reach is. In fact, he told them all, no one could have sex until he got out of prison. <laughs> ah, Tell me yeah. you're in a cult without telling me you're in a cult. Like, Right, 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 right. Yeah. Nobody, if I don't get to do it, nobody gets to do it. When you think about the the theological side of things, like kind of not really looking too deeply into the faith itself, but more so just a general overview of it. I've kind of seen it as someone's tried to, who's studies um, theology and, and the Abrahamic religions, but isn't actively a believer in any kind of a deity. We kind of try to put it out in this perspective. And he said, if he was to believe in a faith, he would, be- he believed that Mormonism would be the one to go to. And I said, Oh, what's your thinking about that? Can oh. you unpack it for me? He said, well, if you look at the Talmud and the Abrahamic religion, so like the old Testament, that would be the, the first version of it. I'm like, okay, yeah, I'm following you. Then you have the new Testament. That's when Jesus arrived. I'm like, yeah. And he's okay. After Jesus, we had the rise of Islam. That would be like the third book. And I've gone, oh, okay. And then he said, and then the newest prophet would be Joseph Smith. So that's the newest book. So you have to go off the most recent incarnation. And I've gone. That's a bad idea. That makes sense. <laughs> that makes sense in a sequence of like a film trilogy, but I wouldn't be putting my whole faith in something like that. Well, here's the problem. Um, if you are a Christian and you are a true Christian and you believe in, um, let's go with the Trinity, Mormons don't believe in the Trinity. So you're going to end up in a whole bunch of theological messes when you go down certain rabbit holes of, of Mormonism. They believe in a completely different Jesus. Their Jesus is blonde. He looks about like my brother. I mean, <laughs> blonde hair, blue eyes. He's very tan. He just looks very nice. And I'm like, even growing up, I was like, I thought that they came from the Middle East. Like, what is happening? So you look at this guy, and it, and honestly, from what I know now, I truly believe that their version of Jesus is more of a Lucifer. It, it seems like a Gnostic version of Lucifer, but I, I mean, they don't know that. They're told it's a Christ. They believe it's Christ. If you go up to a, Christ, a Christian person and ask them if they're Christian, they'll say yes. But if you go up to a Mormon person and ask them if they're Christian, they will say yes. So they will not say no, I'm a Mormon or I'm LDS or whatever. They will not correct you. They will say, yes, I'm a Christian. Hmm. And so therein lies the problem because they trick a lot of people and they believe that the Holy Ghost is completely separate, that God is completely separate and the son is complete, completely separate and that Jesus was actually created by a sexual act between God and Mary sexual now this this is (laughs) the problem with me being a a conspiracy theorist and uh a bit of an academic before finding faith is that i (laughs) i have to pair my faith with logic and reason and if it makes sense within my both within myself and it's backed up by my logic and reason that kind of dictates my beliefs and helps inform my understanding now the problem with mormonism that i found is that joseph smith was presented with was uh, met by an angel who looked like a Native American when he questioned why the angel was a Native American. He explained that one of the tribes of Israel was banished to 
to the new world, the Americas, and that and their skin was changed dark for for their transgressions. Which, for my understanding about how human migration came out of um, the Bering Strait from Eastern Europe and Asia into the Americas, <laughs> doesn't, doesn't jive, quite make huh? sense. Doesn't jive with the logical and genetic well, entomology of things. You actually heard a better version of the story. That's the first version of the first vision. There's about seven versions of the first vision the vision that is more widely spread in the mainstream is he actually saw jesus and god the father like nobody's seen god the father that's fine he said he did and so he saw them and then he also saw 24 other angels which they also do not talk about so he was overcome with the spirit and passed out and then later on of course you know moroni shows up and all this stuff too but also Yes, the the skin color problem is that they believe that with the war in heaven, when the angels fell and the third of the angels came down, you know, to the, okay, with falling Lucifer, is that there were fence sitters. They taught this to me widely. I, I went to seminary for four years, ninth grade through 12th grade, every single day. They make you, well, they don't make you, but your family goes, you will go <laughs> You will go to seminary, right? So you go. And I spent many hours and hours and hours and hours. Like I graduated from this. So um, anyways, you go and learn all this stuff and then they change it. So when I was in, they were like, oh, they had this war in heaven. And there were people that didn't decide whether whose side they were on, God's or Lucifer's. So that's why they got the first of the dark skin because they were fence sitters. And we, and they called them fence sitters for a very long time. And they were denied the priesthood. They were told, and I don't know how anybody that's of any color, any color other than white, even goes to Mormon church because some of the stuff that has happened, I'm just like, I I posted something the other day about how one of the church prophets said that they should buy up all the Indian children so that they could make them more white and delight some. Like that's a direct quote from Brigham Young. Okay, so th- they didn't give him the priesthood until the 70s. Um, they told him they weren't worthy to have it because they were the fence sitters in heaven. And somehow this story has been changed. And now it's the mark of Cain. Well, this is the interesting thing, because the, the majority of Mormons that I encounter in my part of the world, they're all from Polynesian backgrounds. So they're either from New Zealand, from Tonga, um, Solomon Islands, all around that region. So they are darker skinned people. But like you oh. said, the whole white and delight thing, it seems like a very Anglo-centric. Um, oh, my church. gosh. Yeah. Well, and the fact that they held the keys, these keys to the priesthood are everything. The The reason why women have to, well, okay, the reason why women should get married in the Mormon church, I mean, they say have to because you can't go to heaven without a husband because you cannot hold the priesthood ever. And you can't go to heaven without the priesthood. So they were denying that to men of color as well. So like a 12-year-old boy has more authority in the Mormon church than I do, period. And it doesn't matter how much I know or how much I go or what what I do. They have the priesthood and it starts at 12. And that's the smallest one. And then it, it goes up, up, up. It starts with the Aaronic and then it goes to the Melchizedek. And they have to earn it different ways, passing the sacrament, all these things. So. It was shocking to me that they could actually infiltrate the Polynesians and the Hawaiians and all these Latin communities that they do because they just don't give them any meat. You know, they give them the milk 
they keep them happy and they really focus on one thing. And I think this is why it's such a widespread religion for Latin community and Polynesian community is because they focus on families are forever and they are extremely family oriented people. They love their family. They, they stay together, you know, and so they, they prey on that and say, well, don't you want to be with your family forever? You need to go and get your temple stuff because you will not be with your family. Well, what does the Bible even say about that? What does it say? It says there's going to be no marriage in heaven, but the Mormons think there will be. So, but there's no male or female in heaven. So I just don't even know how they get that, but that's fine. <laughs> so on its face, we will know that Joseph Smith has his <clears throat> own twist or tweaking on what Christianity is. And like you alluded to before, yes. there's no belief in the Holy Trinity um, like he said, he saw God, the father and Jesus at the same time when most Christians would believe that Jesus is the God, <laughs> he is the father. Mm-hmm. That's what, that's what helps formulate the Trinity. But yes, looking at it from my rudimentary understanding of trying to unpack it and un- understand away from the Joseph Smith's, his own little abridged version of Christianity. Is it fair to assume that they borrow more from the old Testament than what they do from the new Testament? Um, no, because they don't care about any of it. They don't care about the old Testament and they don't care about the new Testament either. They throw all out and they focus on the book of Mormon that when I was growing up, you go to Sunday school, you went to church for three hours on Sunday, three hours. All of this stuff that you learn is all very centered on Joseph Smith and the book of Mormon. That's it. And then when they want to bring in the Bible to cherry pick it, they will, but they will also say the Bible is not, not translated correctly. They will say it's only as true as it's translated correctly. And they will tell you that straight to your face. They don't believe in the Bible a hundred percent. So they just, they just nitpick the stories to help reinforce their, their yep. side of things like the fallen yep. ones and, but they twist it to all, all of it. Agenda. Yep. They, well, and they, and they aren't going to ever, they're, they're very, they're very charismatic people that are very also uh, proper. They're really proper people. They're very quiet and unassuming and very nice and not abrasive. And I think that they're taught that on purpose so that people will trust them more. And they have abridged that Book of Mormon. I I don't even know how many. I know I should find the number. I know it's been over 97 times, something like that. They've changed tons of things in it. They've changed. They're taking out stuff right now about racism because Brigham Young became like a huge topic of discussion. So now like I'm on TikTok last week. And of course, being an ex-Mormon, I'm in all these funny ex-Mormon meme groups, whatever. And they're all showing like the pieces that they're taking out of the Book of Mormon. I've actually known people that were given, well, not myself but like there's a guy named bishop earl and he speaks out against mormonism because he used to be a bishop which is pretty high up and they gave him like some kind of thing to do with the original book of mormon they said will you help us abridge this blah 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 will you read the original and he read it and then he quit the church because he (laughs) said it has nothing to do with any of it he's like this is not even the same book i don't know what i'm doing so i'm gonna quit and talk about this and he did and thank heavens he did because like well that's good to know you know Jeez, so but it, an original yeah. book of mormon probably worth its weight in gold compared to like a oh, 19 sure. 1910s encyclopedia oh i'm sure you couldn't even i i don't even know if you can get it they probably belong mostly to the church and anything that the church doesn't like they get rid of it, like i've talked a lot about the biography of joseph smith's mother she wrote it herself she talked about joseph she talked about his dreams she talked about 
serving the house of Iraq. That's great. Um, she talked about all this stuff that they were doing. And then when Brigham Young took over, he was like, Ooh, that's kind of a snafu. They started burning them all. And they admit it. They're like, yeah, we started burning them all. <laughs> and I'm like, well, well, at least they well, admit it. It kind of says it says a lot that in the short <laughs> period of time that Mormonism's been around in comparison to the to the Christian faith, they've changed the book more than the Council of Nicaea did. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. But but the Bible's wrong. But there's no Dead Sea Scrolls to back up the Book of Mormon. Neither is there one artifact. You know, he said no. There's all tablets and like- a magic hat. There's tablets that you that, read in the magic. No, no, viewing no, stones. no. No, no, they were, but the angel came back and took them back. Don't you know that the angel took those back? The angel needed those. He came for those plates and put them back in the hill. They were only to borrow. He couldn't keep them. He could not keep them. And actually, nobody saw him. He had all these witnesses, and they're like, did you see the plates? And they're like, well... They were sitting on the desk and they were in this cloth thing and they looked like a book. I, they felt like a book. I felt them, but he said that if I stared at them, my eyes would burn out and I'd probably die. So no, not really. <laughs> and I just like, the, he's amazing. This is amazing. Like he's great. You know, I don't know what sigil magic he was doing, but I do know he wore Jupiter talisman. It made him very charming. So, <laughs> <laughs> so the, the issues around Joseph Smith of being a, a modern day prophet, and the, the establishment of that church is that a lot of the history surrounding his character and who he was as a person just screams charlatan. Um, the movement out West where he gathered all his followers screams cult-like behavior, but it's the connections how, that how I about find. all the ladies he bangs? Well, how that about too? all the ladies well, he bangs? Can't, can't, can't put down a guy for trying to get some every now and again. Mm-hmm. Jeez. Um, the problem being though, is that, Absolutely. We see his movements and his development of the church. There seems to be a lot of connections with what you would consider to be the occult and yes. secret societies. Yes, Almost as 100%. if secret societies helped develop it, or he took his knowledge of the occult through Freemasonry and kind of made his own thing. He was a 33-degree Mason. He was a Grandmaster Mason, and... The thing about him was, which was really interesting, he was a Mason, and then all of a sudden, the next day, one day later, he was made a Master Mason. That doesn't really happen. That, (laughs) Not in one day. You don't get that in one day. And then he went through and got his temple rights through the Masons, and one month later, there came the Mormon temple rights. And amazingly enough, they're almost identical. Like these handshakes that are secret handshakes for the Masons. There's one called the sure sign of the lion's paw. Okay. Well, for us, it's called the sure sign of the nail. <laughs> he just made it about Jesus. And then he was like, yeah, yeah, that's what it is. And then he mixed it up with like some other stuff. And he was like, yeah, that's good. But I do think he saw an angel only because I think he saw a fallen angel because the story is too close to John D. Everybody skips on John D. Everybody goes straight to Crowley for all their occult stuff. I'm going back to the grandmaster. That's John D. John D. did this scrying with a stone given to him by an angel by Kelly Scribe looking into a hat. Tell me that doesn't sound familiar. I'm just saying, like, come on. It, it, it's the same plot. I'm <laughs> like, plot. and I kind of think he saw something. And then Crowley saw what? AWAS. Yeah, right. He saw AWAS. And what did it tell him to do? It told him to write a book. And he wrote Thelema 
and it became a religion. Ta-da! Like, okay, the book of the law, and then slowly became but It just okay. screams a so, modern-day Gnostic church. Yeah, and all of them are the same way. Yeah, and, and Muhammad, his story with the whole Gabriel thing, it's almost the same. And then if you go back to all of them, either they really limit women or they abuse women. <laughs> and I'm like, well... I mean, it was a sign of the times, I guess, whatever. But it's just so interesting to me that all of them follow this little pattern. And I'm like, okay, everybody wasn't making it up. There was some demon angels going around starting some religions because why? They want to confuse us. It says, it says that it's, who was the father of confusion? We have to remember things. This is why I always tell, yes, the master of life. Never trust a man. Every man's a liar. So I'm just like. People always want to say he got high on mushrooms or he was doing this, doing that. I'm like, no, because here's the thing. It's too similar to all these other occult stories. What is going on in all this stuff? It it was made for a purpose. It was made for confusion. And who is, you know, over this world? The father of this world isn't Jesus. (laughs) This world right here where we live, this is Lucifer's land. (laughs) Until Jesus comes back and makes it all right, he gets to do it. He gets to do what he wants. So, so this is this is where I I'm theologically challenged by the Old Testament because I see parallels with the Old Testament, um, what happened with Joseph Smith, what happened with John D, and what happened with um Islam in general, is that it almost seems like they're presented or visited by an entity that gives them something which seems to be a completely different narrative around what Jesus was. With Jesus, God came to earth as a man, went through trials and tribulations. He endured pain. He endured, he felt love. He felt what it was to be human. And that's why in the end of the day, he saved us and he died for our sins. That's a completely different take from what you see in the Old Testament Islam and um, the Book of Mormon with an angel. The laws, the laws, their laws. There's so many laws. Like if you really gifted something, tablets, um, even if you look back at what happened in Egypt with Moses, as far as I'm concerned, that's blood magic to put blood across the top of your, your door Mm -hmm. to stop something from coming in and killing your family. It's, I can't help but feel that seems like a lot of the things that happened with Old Testament, people tend to say that Old Testament is fire and brimstone, New Testament is love and caring. A lot right. of people, and I think a lot of non-Christians go, well, that sounds like it's two different gods. And, and to a certain aspect, I'd have to agree on that. And I often wonder whether... I do see that, yeah. The old, whether, I often wonder whether parts of the Old Testament, if not the Old Testament itself, is a means of detracting away from what the true meaning of the new testament is because every single christian i say every person a member of a physical church they are always quoting leviticus or always quoting parts of the old testament and rarely ever quote the word of christ himself which is i find very Mm -hmm. strange well because they can't control you if if they give you grace and they give you love and they say oh by the way it's all hung on the cross just love one another and figure it out. Like what, how are they going to control us? That's not fun. <laughs> They're going to go straight to the old Testament where he was like, I'm going to whoop your butt, you know? So 
I mean, of course, I can see why they do it because ultimately, what does it all come down to? Power and control, power and control. If someone can control your underwear and if you have a cup of coffee, <laughs> that is some damn good control. I mean, if I have to share my husband and smile and be like, yeah, that's great. 32 girls. Okay. No, no, that's, that's, that's crazy. And you step back away from it. And, and when you're in it, let me explain to people. I always joke. I'm like, I was a moron. I mean, a Mormon for all these years. <laughs> and it's a joke. It's a joke because I, I have most of my family is still Mormon, but here's the thing. If you step away from it and really step away and take that lens of like, this is your family stuff. This is super important to your life. This is your whole life. Cause you know, I was kicked out of my whole family after. <laughs> and so when you do that and you realize like, wait, wow, this is really dumb. This is really weird. Not just dumb. Not that's a wrong word. This is weird. That's a good word. When you step back and go, what are we doing? What does this have to do with going to heaven? And I got to stick my hand through this little curtain. That's the fake veil and do the right handshake that the Masons are doing it. What the hell are the Masons doing it for? Because they're not even Christian. Sometimes you don't have to be a Christian to be a Mason. You can just be a Mason. Like, well, what does this have to do with anything? You know? And when you know this stuff, but you don't know, you were told this is special. This is from God. This is God's word. This is going to, if you don't know those handshakes, I'm sorry, you can't go, you cannot go to heaven. This is, me. <laughs> and this is, this is a scary thing because they tell their actual mm. church members one thing, the outside mm. world gets a very different perspective. But the, yes. the biggest thing that concerns me the most about it is that the Mormon church is one of the biggest, um, curators and gatherers of genetic information on the planet not just of oh, its members yes, as well they are oh with no their, no, with, no. Their, with their money they are purchasing uh rights to 23andme all these um genetic ancestry data banks and my concern around that is if they are a say a church that is really being influenced or developed by the other side and they're taking mm-hmm. people's dna and trying to bless air quotes or bring that dna into the church are they actively trying to block <laughs> ability people's ability to to be saved are they because it seems like a, a modern day version of uh, manipulating man's divinity and, and the and the divine sparks within all of us it's almost like the the nephilim when they came down and they saw the sons the of, yeah it seems this, like this the sons this. of the daughters of man were beautiful and they bred with them. That's how they corrupted the DNA the first time. It looks like this is a new way of doing it, like a spiritual attack on the DNA. Well, they owned, so they've always been obsessed with genealogy. My grandma was called to be a missionary door knocker, but she wasn't a door knocker. She was a special missionary because she was older and she got called to be a genealogy family history, DNA type person over her mission. So what she would do is she would go through all of this stuff. And I mean, she traced our stuff back to, we know everywhere where we came from. And she would spend hours upon hours on other people's stuff because this cult of a brack that I mentioned before, and a braxis, the chicken snake God thing. And every time I talk about it, I get nailed a little. I haven't had my voice in three weeks. So hopefully my prayers are good today. Um, (laughs) When 
they started this whole religion. It was known that they served the house of a brack and the house of a brack is a necromancer. They will lie to you and tell you this genealogy has a lot to do with saving their soul. Cause basically they believe when you die, you don't go to heaven or hell. You go kind of like to purgatory ish. You wait there and you're like, Oh, I didn't get baptized because I'm Drew and I lived in Australia and nobody talked to me about it. Okay. So you're, you have to start from the beginning. Somebody by proxy, one of my weirdo family members has to go get your name, take it, go to the temple and go get baptized for you. Literal in a font. They usually have kids do this that are 12 to 15 years old and there's oxen all around it. <laughs> this cracks me up and I can't help. I can't, They say it represents the 12 tribes of Israel. Okay. But I can't help, but look at it. It looks like a belly, like it's a bull. And then these oxen are holding it up. And if you know anything about Moloch and the belly of the bees, like, and you're putting kids in there, it just is all bad. So these kids go and baptize by proxy, a specific person's name. Okay. And then they take that name and they give it to somebody like me who's been through the temple. The first time you go through the temple, you go for yourself every single time after that. And they do push. My grandma would go like three times a week. And every time she would go, she'd get a dead person's name and then she would go through the dead person and be that dead person. She went by proxy and did every single thing for them, all the Masonic rites, all this crap for the dead person. And then they start doing it for the Jews. That's where it got fun. Because the Jewish people were like, bruh, no. You are doing it for the Holocaust members that died for what they believed in? Are you insane? And the Mormons were like, no, we want to make them go to heaven. <laughs> and then they got sued. And so <laughs> some of this nonsense stopped when they did Hitler, because that really pissed everyone off. And they just do these things and it's insane. And so then, okay, pretend you're in the purgatory and everybody did all your stuff. So now you're like, ta-da. Oh, all of a sudden you get to go to the next level. It's level up, level up, level up. There's not one heaven. There's three, by the way. So, and then there's kind of hell, but it's called outer darkness and that's reserved for murderers and me because I'm an apostate and I'm talking. So if you talk and you're an apostate, you get to go there. But I'm not going there. I have news for them. <laughs> I'm not because I believe in Jesus. But it, it, that's what they believe. They truly do believe this. And so they have to do this temple work. And so they they started this when first. And I know because my grandma was one of the first people that got called to this when the Internet became big. They did this family search org thing and they were putting all these, everybody was just nailing us every Sunday. Did you do your genealogy? genealogy? Oh my gosh. It was like a nightmare. So everybody was doing this rampant work, putting it into the databases and these databases have turned into these other ones, not because it, it's like they filter the information in and also they don't want to own them under their name, but they like do. They sneak around. They're so good. They're not rich for no reason. They're like one of the richest churches ever. They're they're not dumb. I will give that to them. So they're they're very obsessed with all this because they feel like this is how you get to heaven doing dead stuff. Things for dead people. I, it's just so much. It's like when you really break it down and you start like going backwards and you're like, wow, this is 
this is insane. And I did this for like my whole life, you know? <laughs> if, if, if I was writing a fantasy novel, um, that it almost equates to, okay, people who believe potentially believed in Christ and have died, their souls have gone to heaven, they're saved, but the, we're going to do a, a baptism of these people and take their soul and give it to the other guy after the fact. We can circumvent oh, uh, all their life's work and all their belief in Christ and just take it away through a little baptism. They do things... They do do things by proxy because here's the thing too, my son. So I was going to go through the temple again with my second husband and my son was already born. Well, I had been through the temple, right? With my first husband that ran away with the polygamist. Okay. I couldn't even find him to divorce him. It was so bad. And so, but they told me you cannot have a temple divorce. You can't, even though he was on drugs, I couldn't find him. He wasn't supporting his children. He ran off with a lady. Like they don't care. And so he can go marry tw- another girl tomorrow. It doesn't matter. He can do whatever he wants because he's a man. He can marry 70 women in that temple and never have one temple divorce. My uncle got married nine times, not a temple divorce. I get to get married once in that temple. And if I want to go back through, like I wanted to with my ne- next husband, he takes all the lessons. He does all the things. I was the date to convert girl so bad i like repented so so much i feel i'm like i am so sorry like i know i know this is why i talk out now i'm sorry about that but so i i was converting these people converted my first husband he's a roman catholic irish his mother still hates me still um because you don't do that (laughs) you can't you can't yeah no it didn't go well he was a mick you know like um yeah it didn't go good so the second one he gets converted, but we're in these little lessons they give you. And I said, what about our son? When, when can we get him sealed to us for time and all eternity? And he looks at my husband and I'm like, this is weird. It's like a pause. Why is it pausing? And he's like, well, and I'm like, what's up? And he's like, you don't need to. And I'm like, why do, I mean, we didn't, you know, we haven't done it. It's not done. And he's like, no, it is done. And I'm like, please do explain. He's like, well, because you are already married under the covenant. Basically your ex-husband is the dad of that son until this husband takes his place. And then it just magically is fixed. And my ex-husband, my second husband was like, excuse me. And I was like, this is going to be bad. (laughs) And he's a redhead through, you know, (laughs) So he loses, he turns almost as red as his hair. Like he is his whole face. His face is like steam could come out of his ears. It, it was so bad. He goes, are you telling, he's like shaking. It's like, are you telling me that her piece of shit ex-husband that doesn't raise his kids that I raised, I raised his kids. He's like, is my son's dad in heaven? And they're like, well, it's not like that. And he's like, yes, it is. And so that was the end of that. We didn't go. (laughs) He was done. He's like, I love you, but yeah, I'm out. Like, this is crazy. And I'm like, well, no, they just, I'm I'm so stupid that I'm like, no, it's fine. (laughs) And he's like, no, I'm, I'm, I'm not doing that. I don't care. I'm, I'm not doing this. And so then the missionaries had to leave. (laughs) So that was, that was done. Yeah. Maybe they so can they just amend it. Yeah. the book again for you and they'll fix that up. They'll just change the wording. You'll be fine. Yeah. Well, they have to chant around it first, but yes, <laughs> probably so. 
it's it's the strangest you know after you're out you're like what what's going on and i love how they make excuses for everything like the polygamy oh all the men were dead they had to marry these women i'm like wait a minute joseph smith didn't marry the women like outwardly like brigham young he did he married like 50 women 55 something like that and joseph smith hid his and what he did instead is he was like hey this is our little secret. So this is our secret marriage, but I know you're already married. That's not a thing. The polygamists do not marry people that are already married. That's not a thing. You can marry as many women as you want if if it's structured by that church, okay, and ordained by the church, but they can't marry already married ladies. It's not a thing. And so he was taking other people's wives and like, oh, hey, you, Henry, you need to go be a door knocker to the Indians five states away. <laughs> you need to go on a mission. And that's how the mission started because he wanted to sleep with everybody's wives. And they already had husbands. That's, that's not real. That, Isn't that they the, lied. the biggest red flag that this is a cult that the leader just gets to bang everyone's wife? Well, you would think so. I mean, you would think at some point somebody would stand up and go, wait, what? I mean, cause he was banging his adopted kids. I mean, that's a problem. Like he he was just with everyone and his wife, bless her, because I'll say this, she may have been a Mormon, but that woman did not ever flip on him ever. She made it so bad too, because we all grew up thinking he wasn't a polygamist. All of us grew up my age. I'm almost 50 grew up thinking Joseph Smith wasn't a polygamist. It came after they came out here to Utah and all the men got killed. That's not true. It started well before, but his wife, Emma was so devoted and so loved him that she swore on her deathbed to her son. And he straight did it too. He's like, so mom, this is like a written biography. So dad had like wives, right? And she's like, no, he didn't. <laughs> and he's like, no, no, because we know that he did. And da, 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 and these are their names. And she's like, as far as I know, that never happened. <laughs> <laughs> she was a ride or die bitch, that one. She was like, I love this man. He was already dead. She had nothing to lose. She had already said she wasn't going with the Mormons. She made her own church that didn't support polygamy. So why didn't she just say, yeah, it ruined our life and I'm not doing that. No, no, she never did. She, but creepily and very occulty, she kept a lock of hair in a locket of his until she died. And that's very occult magic. I mean, it's, yeah, well, there's to, a lot of things. To, to say and admit that he had multiple wives would kind of be dismissing the church that she started herself, would it not? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it, well, I mean, it definitely would throw out the window all the sacrifice she made. And boy, was that a sacrifice. But I will tell you, Emma, she was pretty feisty. And there was one girl, because they always say, okay, they had like 11 kids or something together, but most of them died like in infancy, which is also very questionable because um, a cult. <laughs> and anyways, they had all these kids and she's always getting pregnant, but he's banging like 40 people and none of them ever have kids. And they're like, nope, our DNA shows we've never had another Joseph Smith child. I'm like, that's a damn lie. There's gotta be kids. He is pullout game was strong if that is true because that is crazy that is insane i'm like a nurse and i'm over here going i don't think so and only one that i know of got 
fully like pregnant and we knew about it. And somehow, somehow she fell down the stairs. <laughs> what a coincidence. And yeah, there is much uh, speculation that Emma had thrown her down the stairs. So not that I blame the lady, but I don't think I'd kill a baby. I'm just kind of like, that's a lot. But yeah. So interestingly enough, I just find it like amusing that she still hung on to the very end. Like they had had all this horrible heartbreak. I mean, and speaking of a cult, their first kid was pretty much probably conceived when he got the plates on the fall equinox in the middle of the night at three o'clock in the morning. Okay. They don't tell you the story when you're in Sunday school. They say, and then he went to the, to the thing and it was a bright light, sunny day. And the angel came and none of this is how it happened. It's written down. There's biographies. Okay. Emma's, his mom's multiple biographies. I'm not like, this is not my history to screw up. Okay. This is just history. <laughs> People don't like this because it sounds bad. Um, on the fall equinox in the middle of the night, dressed all in black, he went to the hill and retrieved the plates on the night of his wedding. And there was a lot of speculation because he was the virgin scryer. Well, obviously that had to end if he's got a wife now. So there's speculation that he went and did that first, got the plates, and then went with his wife. Nine months, almost to the day later, they had this kid. And it was severely, severely deformed. And they named it his dead brother's name. <laughs> and I'm just like, so the dad gave up his firstborn son, very Masonic of him. And so did good old Joe. So there it is. I just, I just find it too. It's very ironic. You know, there's a lot of occult things at play. Talismans. Not at all satanic. Not at all. Not even one no. little bit. Just no. Nope. Change- and. Yeah, it's just, there's so much stuff. Yeah. Just to change topic for a, a little bit. Now, what's going on currently within the Middle East between Israel and, and the Palestinians across the Gaza Strip? I think nearly every generation of Christians have believed that they were in the end times. I think ever since the church came into being, they thought that was the end times and it was happening. Right. Yep. What are your current thoughts of what's going on there? Because I look at Ooh. scripture and the way things are written and... I don't think we're quite there yet, but I'm seeing a lot no. of pieces fall into place. What are your thoughts on what I feel? Is? I feel like they are forcing much as they force the weather, much as they force the earthquakes, much as they force. There's so much things that they can can and do force, even though people don't want to understand about like weather modification. People put in Google weather modification. It will come up. It's a thing. They admit it. It is a thing. So all these things that they're doing, they're trying to make us believe that we are in the days of, in revelations, I feel, and they're trying to force this. And what does it say in the Bible? Beware of wars and rumors of wars. Why does it say that? Why, why would it say that to us? Because there's going to be a great, what? Deception. And I feel like this time when they do get to the point of like, okay, Jesus is coming now, then they're going to do blue bean. And, and I just a hundred percent feel that will be the antichrist. I think we have to, as Christians, be in the word and be in the word every day. But the one thing they can't really change, they can Mandela books. They can do all kinds of weird stuff to us. They can change weather. They can change patterns. I don't think they can change stars. 
I'm not huge into astrology because it's not really looked upon well in Christianity, but reading the stars as in like a map, you need to pay attention because there are definite clues in the Bible at end times, what it says about the stars and the positions they'll be in. And I don't think it's correct. Not from what I've seen. Well, the biggest, the biggest the biggest part for me is that, and I, I agree with you, I think they're forcing prophecy to happen. Mm-hmm. It's not happening organically. They're kind of manipulating it so they can bring around their Messiah, which is very interesting because it's not our one, um, that the third temple will be rebuilt. Well, there's currently a mosque yes. that's sitting on that temple mount. So really what's the only thing that's in the way of that are the the Arab populations and Muslims living within the Holy land. If they expel those people and get rid of them, they've got mm-hmm. their freehold to do what they want. And as soon as I well, see the that- temple and the temple has been built for years, they're just waiting to like Transfer move it, it. in. Yeah. Yep. yeah. So yeah. it's just, as soon as that, that mosque goes down and, and you know that they've got the cattle there for the sacrifice as well. They've got those, mm-hmm. yep. those, everything is lined ready, up. Everything's there ready to go. It's ready to go, baby. But I, I think it's going to be, it's also goes into like that weird, all the projection stuff that they've been testing, like in Latin America, like where they tested and China, the big dragon, and it looked real. And then in Latin America, they were testing like different kinds of beings and they thought they were really real on these indigenous people. And so what were they doing exactly there? It you almost, know, like- it all- it almost feels like they're going through revelation of that there's a war between nations and the world's like on fire, right? It's like mm-hmm. they're building yeah. up to that. They're going to try and escalate a kinetic war, manipulate that. Yes. But what's yes. the easiest way to <clears throat> get all of humanity behind one single cause? You have an outside intervention. Now, that's where I think Bluebeam comes into it. I think mm-hmm. there's been over 60, 70 years of manipulation in the subconscious of alien threats and interdimensional yep. creatures. I think blue beam mm-hmm. is a setup. If you have the world warring with each other in real physical kinetic war where there's loss and there's pain and hardship, and then you throw into it, there's quite a few ships flying around blowing up cities. Yeah. God knows what else in the sky. And then some <laughs> kind of a, a golden savior flies, floats down from the heavens and disperses these interlopers. Oh, yeah. That kind of tells you who it's going to be. And it's well, not Jesus. and... If it's not, if it's not just um, like a projection, it will be a Nephilim that, that helps this to occur or more, m- many Nephilim, because what can they do? They're shape-shifting. It says they can, they can take any form that they want. So to you, it could be like, you'll see Jesus and so will I, but to somebody else, they might see Allah and somebody else, they might see whatever, Buddha. I, I think it's very malleable because of the fact that if you really go back and there's a lot of back and forth about the Nephilim, okay? But the one thing I know for sure is the whole reason why God got real upset with the angels is because he said, you don't need to go down and procreate. You are everlasting. Okay. Everlasting means ever. (laughs) It doesn't, he didn't do the flood for them. It was never going to wipe them out. They were making crazy other things like with beasts and giants and crazy stuff that had nothing to do with the actual fallen. Okay. And he, they were just making crazy stuff. And I feel like that's where you go to Egypt and you see the Sphinx and you go, huh, well, that's weird. And, and you see all these weird things that are like half animal, 
you know, half God, half whatever it is. And so all of this had to come from somewhere. And then you go, I've been to Italy. I've been to the Pantheon. That didn't come out of somebody's just like creative brain. Get real. Get really real. It's humongous. There's no way. There's no way. And then my friend just went to Greece and I, he's like, there's no, there's no way. There's just no way. You know, these things went underground. And I truly believe that they're just waiting. They're just waiting. And, and that's what I believe. I think they're there. And it's like, there's an army. And if you really want to get afraid, you'll open up another King James book. <laughs> Actually, there's three of them. <laughs> Demon, whatever. Demonology. Yeah, that one. It's like it's like a word for it. It's not called demon, but yeah, demonologia or something like that. And it starts listing the ranks of the demons and all this stuff, and you just go, "How many legions?" Because <laughs> then you start counting, and you're like, "Oh my gosh!" Like this is going to be serious you know I, I and then a lot of people say no 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 because they're locked up and blah 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 and i'm like well, i don't know because they well, can switch out it's quite except it's, the two it's quite concerning that we within scripture it says that they're sealed away or they're they're within the earth that's where they're being bound you look at a lot of first nations cultures and their beliefs around spiritual or semi-spiritual physical entities they exist within stones within the Norse culture. It's the gnomes and the dwarves that, that reside within boulders and rocky outcrops. You see it with the fairy folk in Great Britain. In Australia, there's many, many rock mounds which are considered sacred or people aren't allowed to go to. Oh, yeah. So it makes you wonder what's actually sealed within those stones. Well, and I live in the Rocky Mountains. And let me tell you, sometimes you go, hmm, like just turn your head. Oh, oh there, there it is. Go. It's lying down. <laughs> Oh, that's a shoulder. Um, but you know, I truly think that there is so much we just don't understand. But what I do know and do understand is that most people are so fearful that they won't do the work and look into the demon books. They won't do the work and look into the other side of things. And here's the problem with it is if you know one side, you better know your opposition, because if you don't, you have no idea what's coming for you in the end. And we all need to be ready because we are the ones that's going to affect. And here's the bigger problem is the last time everything in the crap hit the fan. Okay. God got upset. Why? Because they were messing with DNA. All right. Well, back then it was all because they were screwing everything, whatever. It was like real stuff. Okay. But now what are they doing with all this genetic stuff? Right. They're messing with DNA. And this is the very thing that caused God to get so angry and make the flood. So at this point, I'm definitely like standing back going, oh, maybe this is the thing that's really going to piss everything off and make it go crazy. But, you know, you just have to wonder because what exactly is going on? You're starting to see all this weird cloning stuff for the social media and blah, blah, blah. You've seen that like with the famous people and they've got like a person like them now. And you can call and talk to them and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, that's really weird. You well, there's, know, there's even companies out there and this goes into like the whole idea of cannibalism and it's like with times in the end times will be so as the times of Noah. Like we're seeing the genetic manipulation. Yep. We're seeing levels of cannibalism. The uh, beyond meat uh, DNA samples that yeah. they use to generate those cells. That's based on a cancer cell from a woman. <laughs> 
from I think it was from the eighties. It's a forever lasting yeah, cell. Yes. It's everlasting. Yes. It doesn't die. That's why it replicates so, so quickly. Disgusting. They can grow the meat. That's cannibalism. So dis- On top of that, disgusting. you've got these Hollywood elites who have given up their DNA and you can buy cultured meat of their DNA and you can eat. Ew. You can eat. Ew, a, I did not know that. Robert That's Downey disgusting. Jr. How disgusting Ew. is that? Why would you even want to do that? That's such a weird... People are so weird. What happened to just going to a movie? I'm so confused why we have to go to that level. Like, really? You're that damn bored, people? Like, I don't get it because I don't watch a whole lot of TV. And I don't, I mean, unless I'm preparing for something, I'm not even, I don't really read for leisure anymore. I'm really in the word. I'm really into studying. I'm really into stuff. And I'm like, there's a lot of things you can do with your time. Why is that one that you want to do? That concerns me. Like you have all these talents and the angels are pissed at us because they can't create, right? And satanic and all this and the weird lizard people and all the things. They are mad because they literally can't create. And here we are and we can do anything. We're sitting on our ass playing video games, trying to order Taylor Swift meat. And by the way, pick a new one. She's, it's not all that people. Come on. Taylor Swift, she's like a guy or something. I don't know, but she's weird. Uh, uh, there's better, but I would not eat anything that resembled a human. That is so strange to me. I don't, I don't know. People have really lost it. It's strange, strange times. That's for sure. Uh, I, I don't want, I don't know where we can go from beyond that. This has been a fantastic Ugh. conversation. I want to try and save some of the p- potential things we're talking about for the next Christian conspiracy coalition, because oh, know, yeah. you're going to really go down that rabbit hole with us. So oh, let's, yes. let's round out the show. Where can people find your work? Yes, I am at the Unfiltered Rise. I'm wherever podcasts can be found. Um, Spotify, Spreaker, all the things. I also have YouTube, uh, Unfiltered Rise at Gmail, Instagram, Facebook. I'm trying the Twitter, but the Twitter's hard. I don't know if I'll get it. I don't know. Twitter's harder than the other ones, maybe because I'm old. <laughs> I'm just, I'm way too shadow banned on that and search suggestion. Oh no, I don't, I don't get any traction. What did you do, Drew? What I don't did you know. Do? I have people who are professional Twitter people that I know, and they make money off their accounts. They know the algorithms have gamed it out, oh and they look at my profile and they go, "Who have you pissed off? What have you done?" And I'm like, "I haven't done anything. No, you have to you have done something. You have to you have done something." You literally made Elon mad. You literally went for Elon. Well, I've went into a space, it's it's almost like a a conversation like this, but multiple people. And I questioned the social credit system that's being built on Twitter and the space shut down instantly. Okay. That it's your fault. It's clearly my fault. (laughs) You. I'm a bad element. Uh, Well, if you're listening to this on Heidi's podcast, I'm Drew Missing from your Missing the Point podcast. You can find me on all the usual podcatchers. I am on Twitter. If you can find me, that is, uh, Instagram's my main social account under missing underscore the underscore point. Uh, and we'll go from there. Reach out to me. If you've listened to this on my podcast, reach out to Heidi. She's got a fantastic show. And I hope you have a wonderful night. Thank you so much. And no thanks problem. for having me on. No problem. Anytime. <laughs> hey, everybody. It's closing time. You don't got to go home, but you can't stay here. 